Woke up this morning at like 4 a.m. Had to take a relative to the hospital today. Woke up at 4 a.m. Had to be out of the house by like 5. I went to bed at like 2. I was recording and podcasting and casting the the Denver Broncos versus the Tennessee Titans. Woke up, handled my business, got two hours of sleep, feel absolutely refreshed. I don't sound like it, but I don't feel as tired as I should have been. I feel, or as I should be, I feel so much better. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm positive. Like, play my music, please. Jesus Christ, play it. Play my music. Jesus Christ. Feel refreshed. Feel energized. Um, it's also because I drank a, um, a, a pink fruit punch monster. Great, great podcast for you today. Let me introduce myself. I am 24. This is my podcast. 24's podcast. The best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. Pause the music. Solve the new... Because, I, you know, I, I like to watch podcasts. I like to get inspired off of other podcasts. And I just like the medium, you know. I like podcasts. And I saw literally uh, one of my new favorite podcasts, Trisha Paytas with Ethan Klein uh, of H3H3. They have a new podcast. It's called Frenemies. Literally, I sat here watching it for an hour before I started my own podcast. This episode, of course. Not the actual podcast, but this episode of the podcast. It was great. It was fun. It was entertaining. I'm pausing my music now. That I made way back in the veil. So we're going to wrap up what happened over the weekend. I'm going to give you my Thursday predictions. I'm also going to give you my wins and losses over the weekend. Wins and losses being like which teams that I actually predicted that would win and other teams that I kind of dropped the ball on. It was one of the teams that's my, my team, the Dallas Cowboys. Not going to talk about it. Don't want to talk about it, but I will talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, great podcast coming up for you right here on 24's podcast. I like J. Cole. I like J. Cole a lot, but this song, No Role Models, it's like, it's the opening that I really, really like. I don't really like, you know, the rest of the song, but I, I just like the beginning of it, so to speak. All right. So, by the way, I'm not actually watching football. I've watched, and you know, I want to I wanna re-watch the Patriots football game. I'll probably re-watch it on Friday. But, um... I'm watching Batman Beyond. I started to watch it like late last night or early this morning. I can't remember when I had to do some work. And I was watching it. I went into my closet to like pick out a TV show or a movie that I wanted to like, you know, watch because I I, I like to have something going on in the background, something cool. I don't like to have a blank television, you know, because I'm always watching something. I'm always doing something. I'm like, you know what? Let me put on. Batman Beyond. Let me go into my closet. Let me bring it out. One of my favorite animated TV shows of all time. And I just forgot just how fucking good it is. The animation, the storytelling. It's a great fucking TV show. Especially if you're into superheroes like I am. And I mean, if you're a 90s kid and if you watch the uh, the the, um, the animated DC universe back in like the early 2000s and the 90s. Like it was pretty much for the entire 90s. Like you know exactly what this TV show is. 
exactly why I'm watching it. And if you don't watch it, if you don't know what it is, is it available on? I don't think. I think. I think they took it off of Netflix, which sucks. They that they took it off Netflix because it's such a great fucking TV show. Let me let me see where you can just watch it. But I'm pretty sure they took it off Netflix. But I bought it. I remember I bought like the entire series from Walmart for like twenty dollars. I was like, yeah, I'll take it. It's so good. You can get it from DC Universe and like other stuff as well. But dude, oh my god, it got started in nineteen ninety nine in its final season. It's two thousand one. That sucks so much because it had so much fucking promise as a TV show. It was so fucking good. I even like the suit and I love Batman with his fucking cape. But man, does he look cool with the bat wings um, on his shoulders. He actually looks like like Batman, like an, like another iteration of him. I love, I love, love, love Batman Beyond as a TV show. And I love the characters and I love, I love everything about the TV show. What am I going to start off with? Oh, yeah. Let me talk about my girl. My absolute star. Absolute champion. Naomi Osaka. Absolute baller. Baller of a player. She freaking nailed it at the U.S. Open on Saturday. Freaking knocked it out of the park. Had a hurt hamstring. I don't, I don't, like, it wasn't, I don't, I don't know what was up with, I don't know the extent of her injury, but she was hurt all freaking all throughout the entirety of the game and she freaking gutted it out she played with the heart of a champion heart of an absolute lion i mean she lost the first set i think six to one and then she went on to go like six to four and then like six i I can't remember the exact score let me look it up and look it up because she was awesome my god she was awesome in that game let me do something to my microphone so that way I don't freaking hit it all the time. She was so fucking awesome. Hold on, I'm on the US Opens site right now. Where is Osaka? I think it was two days ago, so it was day 12, women's doubles. No, that's not it. Is it day 11? Here it is. I think, I think here it is. I, I don't, I don't, I can't tell these fucking scores. These scores are so fucking weird. Hold on. Why is it so hard to read their stats? I can't tell. I like, like I saw the match. I can't fucking tell what it is. Point is, Osaka fucking won. She won it while she was hurt and while she was injured and if you watch that first series or that first set that she played in like you could tell that she was hurt and I was like she's done she's out she's done she won't win it and she absolutely did she fucking gutted it out it was one of the best athletic performances I've ever seen in my entire fucking life holy smokes she was awesome in that game as I move all my shit in constantly hit my microphone she was fan fantastic in that game or in that match I'm not a tennis guy I don't know if you can tell but even I was like I gotta watch this shit because this is history in the making so shout out to Naomi Osaka also by the way um who else had a great performance over the weekend 
I'll talk about college football as well as NFL and basketball. But um man, I don't know what I don't know what's going on with Clippers. The Clippers they went down again to the Nuggets and they are now in danger in jeopardy of not making it to the Western Conference Finals for the upteenth time in team history, which by the way, they've never gone to the Western Conference Finals in their team history like at all. So this is like a big year for them because everybody's like, oh yeah, they'll they'll go to the Western Conference Finals and um, challenge LeBron's Lakers. And it's like, I don't know if you've noticed this, LeBron's Lakers have only dropped two games in 10. So they have to win 16 games. They're literally halfway there while only dropping two. They've been essentially the most dominating team in the playoffs. And everybody is like, oh, yeah, the Houston Rockets, they got a game on them, they'll win. Oh, yeah, the Portland Trailblazers, they got a game on them, they'll win. It's like, really? Honestly? Really? You want to go to, you, you want to go there? Okay. Okay. Well, then LeBron James wins four games in a row, and I freaking shut everybody else up. All right, let's get to football now. After we got other sports out of the way, let me talk about this for a couple of minutes. Oh, yeah, by the way, even though I won't, be podcasting them all. I have another podcast. It's talking about what is it? Um, Ubisoft Ford, which was like a gaming press conference. I'll put that up just because it's like I have it and I haven't released it yet. I think I was supposed to release it on Saturday, but it's it's not going to be released on Saturday. It's going to be released tomorrow. Um, I'm also going to record something for the new PlayStation Five reveal. That's probably going to be released on Saturday, and then I'll release something else. Next Wednesday, Cyberpunk is going to have an event. I'll release that as well. So, again, like, be prepared. You're about to be a turkey, and I'm about to freaking shove a turkey baster up your ass and just spray podcasts down the pipeline, if you know what I mean. Not literally, but metaphorically speaking, of course. All right. So, kind of my Saturday, it started off, Six o'clock, watching Trevor Lawrence go up against Wake Forest. And I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I know it was Wake Forest. I know Wake Forest is not a very good football team. I know that Wake Forest is, you know, not high competition. But with all that being said, Trevor Lawrence looked like an NFL player on, uh, on that football field. I know Colin Cowherd, he said it. He's like, you know, like... In high school, he watched Trevor Lawrence um, do drills and stuff like that. And he's like, in high school, I watched him, you know, do drills and things of that nature. And he looked like a college player. And he goes on to say, like, in college, his freshman year, he looks, he looked like a, a, a NFL player, right? Like, he plays on an entirely different level. I completely agree. Like, he looked like an NFL player playing in college. Like, it's very, very weird to watch that and understand that, but more importantly, to, like, appreciate that. Where, yeah, he, he doesn't have a lot of his main guys from last season. A.J. Terrell, um, on the defensive side, of course. A.J. Terrell, Isaiah Simmons, uh, uh, T. Higgins, all those guys are gone, but he's still playing at an elite level. He's still essentially the best quarterback in the, uh, in the entire freaking sport of college football. And he was fantastic on Saturday. 
And I was like, I probably don't even, I, I probably don't need to see Trevor Lawrence anymore. But I probably will watch a little bit more. I'll, I'll watch him against some competition. I'll do my due diligence. But I'll like, you know, match him up against other teams that are good. I haven't looked. What's what's the schedule? Let me see a hard team that's coming down the pipeline. Let me check it out. Oh, fuck. They're against Citadel, then Virginia, then my... Okay, so they're just playing a cupcake schedule. That's what they call an easy-ass schedule? A, cup, a, a cupcake schedule? They're against Citadel. So, I mean, none of these none of these are even, like, good challenges. And I know that this is what, like, college football is all about. But, I mean, unless you want to count, like, Florida State as a good test. Or maybe Miami. I don't, I don't know. But, I mean... They're against Notre Dame, so maybe Notre Dame, but that's all the way in November. Do I honestly evaluate them off of this shitty schedule? Like, they're not they're not really going up against a lot of hard competition. This is my first year, by the way, doing, like, college evaluation, so I'm not really on the up-and-up on college football at all. I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed watching the first half because that's essentially when Trevor Lawrence was sat down it was the final score by the way I'm looking at it right now 37 to 13 easy easy win for the Clemson Tigers but I mean they sat his ass down and they just said no mas so I may watch a couple more games of Clemson but he's he's the number one overall pick he's he's the best quarterback in the in uh, in college he's easily a top five draft pick this season I have no idea which team is going to get him, but he, he should be he should be in the top five. He's the best quarterback, probably the best player in all of college. No surprise there. So um, that, that's kind of it with Trevor Lawrence. I also saw this guy, um, their running back. What's his name? Checking my notes here. What's his name? Sorry, this is taking so long. My notes are, like, scribbled out over, like, multiple days. So it's kind of uh, scrambled because some of the stuff that I'm talking about is from Saturday, right? So, excuse me for being a little bit disorganized. Travis Eaton, I think that's what his name is. Attain Eaton, his, his last name is hard to pronounce, but he was one of the better players on Clemson, the, the running back. I don't know his jersey, but... When I saw him, as obnoxious as Skip Bayless is, he actually has some pretty good insight when it comes to evaluating college players. He just says, like, you know, if a player pops on my screen, I know that they'll be an NFL player. It's a little bit more nuanced than that, but in general in general terms, yeah, that's, that's kind of it. And he flashed. He popped on my screen. And I was like, who's that guy? That's the running back? Oh, he was the all-pro player for the ACC, like, two years in a row or something like that? I'm like, oh, yeah, he's, he's going to go top tier or not top tier but he's going to be a top tier back uh, in the draft next season so they got the quarterback and the running back going you know high up in the first round probably i don't know maybe even the second round for the running back i don't know but i thought it was really really interesting to watch uh trevor and the running back that are probably going to be two of the best um when it cut two of the best combos in the league the you know travis eaton and trevor lawrence i guess i don't know I really wanted to watch Oklahoma and Spencer Rattler as well because um, th there, there's a lot of colleges that 
talk about how they're DBU. There's LSU. They're like, we're DBU. There's uh, Florida State that call themselves DBU and Texas. How the fuck is Texas called DBU? I don't know any corners or safeties that come out of Texas. I think Earl Thomas is like the only DB that's come out of Texas that's worth anything. No disrespect, no disrespect to, to Texas DBs, but it's like, Jesus Christ, you guys suck. But um, that be, beyond like Earl Thomas, that's it. Ironically enough. But all these colleges, Texas, LSU, Florida State, they're all called DBU. You want to know what Clemson, or not Clemson, Oklahoma should be called? WRU. It's not as catchy. But when it comes to producing wide receivers, they are an absolute factory. Right? I was watching the highlights for the game, and I know there, it's not as... It's not the equivalent of actually watching the football game, but I, I didn't get the football game. It's like, I couldn't get it. I couldn't get all of it. But I watched Oklahoma and Spencer Rattler, not Spencer Rattler, uh, Lincoln Riley a couple of months ago, he had something very interesting to say. He said, like, all these schools, they're talking about being DBU and being and being able to recruit DBs and develop DBs and stuff like that. It's like, well, we're quarterback you. We're QBU down in Oklahoma. We produce top-tier talent. We put out Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. We produced Hollywood Brown. Technically, Mark Andrews is a tight end, but he catches the football. Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, C.D. Lamb. We produce a lot of fantastic football players. Offensive football players, of course. And yet another one is coming down the pipeline. His name is Spencer Rattler. I saw him on this TV show about high school quarterbacks. I didn't watch it completely because it kind of bored me. But I thought that it was interesting because he's kind of cocky. Kind of like Spencer Rattler. He's, he's, he's a little bit cocky. You know, he's wearing Oklahoma gear, you know, in high school. You know, slinging the football around. I like, you know what, I like Oklahoma's schedule a lot better than I like Clemson's because Clemson, man, absolute snooze fest. But check this out. Maybe it's because I'm from Texas and I recognize a lot of the schools. Um, Kansas State, Iowa State, they suck. <laughs> UT cannot wait for the Red River Bowl. TCU, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Can Kansas, not Kansas State, just Kansas, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, and then Baylor, right? I mean, their schedule is way more interesting than Clemson's, but I wouldn't say it's better when it comes to the level of competition. Mostly because both teams, Clemson and Oklahoma, they don't play in the SEC. So maybe it's because I, I'm like, man, this sucks. This is boring. However, better schedule. More interesting schedule, I would say, just based off of name brand recognition. And the reason why I'm talking about Spencer Rattler is that Spencer Rattler had 41 points before the half. Before the half, ladies and gentlemen. And when I watched Spencer Rattler play, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to... Do I have Oklahoma? Do I have them? Oklahoma football. Please tell me I have Oklahoma football so that way I can watch it. Oh, wait. I'm not even on the right freaking analog. Or not on the analog, but on the, like... I'm on AV. Sorry for hitting my microphone again with my remote. I'm on AV right now. I'm on the red, blue... Not red, blue. Red, white... 
in uh, yellow wire connection. I got to go to my HDMI. I got to change out the input. Where is my remote? Oklahoma football. Do I have a game? I don't have any games. Okay. Like, in the next month, by the way. They just said, nope, you don't have any games. You're not covered. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll just watch whatever I can watch. I guess it's because I'm on the East Coast and I got, like, Florida and Clemson. I got the ACC. I didn't get the S. I I think I got the ACC and the SEC, not the Big 12. So I watched Trevor. So I watched Spencer Rattler. He was on fucking fire. He had 14 attempts, 17, not 14 attempts, 14 completions on 17 attempts. And some of the throws that he was fucking making were absolute ropes, man. These were like big money, big play types of types of throws. And I think it's like this dude is going to be at Oklahoma for the next like what, two to three years. He could potentially be a, a, a fantastic Heisman Trophy candidate. He could be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And then I remember hearing that Oklahoma, they recruited this guy. I, I don't know where they got him from, but this guy, his name is Marvin Mims, right? He's their new wide receiver because Oklahoma's like, you know what? We'll get Hollywood Brown, we'll get CeeDee Lamb, and then we'll put out Marvin Mims as well. I'm telling you, you want to get offensive weapons... You stop by Oklahoma. And I saw, like, I, I saw, I'm not going to lie to you. I couldn't watch a lot of the football games because I can't find any of the footage on, on the internet without, like, going to some really, really shady places. However, the footage that I did see and the footage that I'm watching right now, ropes, absolute dimes. I want to see him play in a full game to get the full context of the game. But, I mean, you just don't put up 41 points in a half. 14 to 7. 14 completions on 17 attempts with four touchdowns, 290 yards, and you're, and you're a scrub. You don't put up those numbers and you're a scrub, right? Point is, he looks like a fantastic player. And, I mean, some of his best throws were just deep shots. And they also got this guy. He wears number one. I don't know his, I don't know his last name because, uh, because uh, McGowan. McGowan as well. You want to talk about Flash? McGowan flashed on my on my freaking computer screen that I'm watching it on right now. But Spencer Rattler, considering that freaking Lincoln Riley had a year, I think, a piece, maybe two years with Baker, but pretty much it was a year piece with Baker, Kyler, and then Jalen, and they were all essentially Heisman Trophy winners. And then you got Spencer Rattler, who was on the team last year, but set, but you know because he was like he was I think a rookie or a freshman. I don't know how college ball is, but he had to sit down, and now he's starting, and now he's going to start for the next two to three years, depending on if he plays his senior year. Which, if he progresses even more, he's probably just going to freaking he's probably just going to stop playing after his junior year. I mean, that's just how it is. You know what I hate? When coaches celebrate their guys making plays and the score is 41 to zero 
Like, they picked off the backup quarterback in the back of the end zone with three minutes, 36 seconds left in the, th- in the third quarter. And the coach and the DB starts running down the, the football field. And I'm like, dude, uh, your team is getting smoked right now. And then the uh, Missouri State quarterback just threw a horrible interception to the Oklahoma player. Just saying. Maybe uh, maybe don't celebrate when you're down 41-0. to zero. Maybe don't do that. But fantastic weekend for college football. You got to see the future of Oklahoma. You got to see the, um, you know, you, you got to see Trevor Trevor Lawrence and potentially, you know, his final kind of couple of seasons, couple of, not seasons, but season with, obviously, Clemson. It's a fantastic weekend for uh, for college football. By the way, finished watching all of the uh, the first disc of Batman Beyond. If you watch the podcast, you may be asking me, 24, I thought you were watching Dragon Ball Z. But I didn't like, I don't like the Frieza saga. It's literally them running away until Goku becomes a Super Saiyan. And I started it off at this weird moment in the um, in the Frieza saga. And I was just like, you know, I'm just going to watch something else. Because I, I really don't like where the Frieza saga is. It's kind of a snooze fest, if I'm honest with you. The whole Frieza saga. He's a great villain, but he like, he takes so fucking long to be beaten and go and like literally the plan is let's wait for Goku let's wait for Goku Goku's gonna save us let's put him in the hyperbolic uh, uh, freaking let's put him in the chamber to let him heal and then once he heals he's gonna beat up on Frieza it's like I get it you know that's the scheme that's the plot but Jesus Christ can you put something more interesting in besides just let's wait around for Frieza or Goku to wake up so that way he can fight Frieza just saying make it a little bit more interesting I mean I know Dragon Ball Z was made in like the 80s, which is why I love it, but it's like, man, that Frieza saga does not age well. Cell and the androids, mwah, fantastic. Easily my favorite just um, sagas as well in, in um, story arcs. Let me see when Dragon Ball Z was made. It was made in the in the 80s, right? Yeah, 89, and then the final episode was 96. I think Dragon Ball was... Um, was in the was maybe 1983 the anime right 1984 the initial manga so uh, oh no it, the the original tv show was 86 i thought it was 83 so i mean again 80s but i mean it's still fan, it's still fantastically aged both dragon ball and dragon ball z I don't know what the Z stands for either, but anyways, um, that that's why I switched it out because I don't like the Frieza saga. But going back to Oklahoma versus Missouri State, uh, Spencer Rattler absolutely ball, an absolute baller with uh, with all his guys. I I really really like what I saw from the um, from Oklahoma with Spencer Rattler. They were they were fantastic, absolutely fantastic. All right. Cannot wait to see Oklahoma and Clemson. I think those are probably the two most interesting teams outside of Alabama in all of football. And they're all in like three different conferences, which makes it even more fun because you got the Big 12 with Oklahoma. You got 
Excuse me. You got Clemson in the ACC, and then in the SEC, the dominant as ever, Alabama is going to be there. I I, I just can't I, I just can't wait to see what um what happens in the college football playoffs because I would expect Clemson, Oklahoma, Alabama would be in the playoffs. All right. So let's get on to, to the NFL. First and foremost, let's kind of give. Let's kind of recap on my predictions, right? Let me pull up the NFL schedule here, because even I, you know, I, I, I will I, like depending on how good this is, depending on like how much or how little I screw this up, kind of depends on whether I'll do this before the podcast or after the podcast. But I want to reflect on my game picks for this weekend. You can go back for, on Friday and listen to my game picks, just in case you think I'm cheating. But for my game picks for last for last week, and I mean, I was on an absolute hater. Game picks for week one. I had the Chiefs over the Texans, the Bills over the Jets, the Packers over the Vikings, Ravens over Browns, Colts over Jaguars, Raiders over Panthers, Bears over Lions, Seahawks versus Falcons, Patriots over Dolphins, Chargers over Bengals, Bucks over Saints, Rams over Cowboys, Steelers over Giants, Titans over Broncos, and I even got perfectly the upsets. Cardinals at 49ers, Eagles, not Eagles, excuse me, Washington in Washington against the Eagles. I mean, when I tell you, man, absolute heater, I was on an absolute heater. And now I'm just entering in the data. So the Bills over the so the Bills they did obviously you know beat the uh, the Jets. The Ravens absolutely smoked the Browns. The Colts. This is my only loss here. This is my only bad maybe maybe not bad prediction, but this is the only prediction or one of the only predictions that I just didn't like you know get right. But excuse me for thinking that the Colts with a better team would beat the uh, the freaking Jaguars with a worse team. Bears at Lions. To be fair to me, I predicted that I think this game was going to be a loss with the Lion with um, with Trubisky, which they did have him. But I didn't change it, and I was like, I'll just won't change it regardless. So you know what? Me not changing it, you know what works in my favor. So I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna say that that's a win. Even though it probably should have been a loss, because I would have picked the um, the freaking Lions, because I didn't have any faith in Trubisky, but lo and behold, he freaking saved my ass on Sunday. Interesting game that kind of was a was a nail biter. It was the Bengals and the Chargers, where the Bengals they almost won it like twice. The AJ Green pass interference call. And then the, um, and then the, um, what was it? And then what, what else, uh, what else happened? AJ Green, the AJ Green thing, pass interference call. And then it was, oh yeah, the missed field goal by the guy that had missed it. And I think that was his only 
missed field goal of the entire like game and it was a chip shot too it was bad man it's like dude you gotta hit that shit and now i'm just like going over i'm just like making like kind of crossing my eyes dotting my cheese i'm just entering in the data yeah i definitely should have done this on the pot or before the podcast uh so that way and then added up all the math i'll do this next week then jesus christ Again, you don't think you you don't believe my picks. You don't believe my you know my my freaking awesomeness. Go back on Friday. Listen to that podcast. I was on an absolute. I was on. I was on one. I only dropped three fucking games. Which, if you don't know predictive analytics, if you don't know predictive analysis in sports, you it, like ha- having anything above like fifty percent is fantastic. And I had. Uh, I only dropped four games, which means I was 75%, which is insane. So, wins I had, I think 12, and then losses, I had like four. Because there are 16 games, obviously, because of um, 16 games, 16 games, God damn it. 16 games because of 32 teams. They have to play each other. There you go. That's how I get the math. So let's kind of go over some of the highlights of Sunday and kind of address what happened on Sunday and even on um, and even on kind of Thursday, which I didn't kind of address uh, the Houston Texans versus the Chiefs. So Chiefs versus Texans. The Texans, they lost it 34 to 20. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I didn't like how the Texans came out to play. I didn't like how their scheme from start to finish was, let's run the football, let's run the football, let's run the football. Let's not give it to Deshaun Watson and his plethora of different wide receivers. And that kind of irked me because I was like, why did you spend all of that money in free agency to get wide receivers and then not use those wide receivers when you step onto the football field? It didn't really make any sense to me. To me. But his defense didn't play well, well enough to beat Kansas City. I think his play calling was very, very suspect. And um, they were against the Chiefs. And the Chiefs, they came prepared to play. The Chiefs, they were awesome. The Texans, they were not. Except for Deshaun. You know, it's funny. Because the 49ers, when they needed to play, they could easily go to their guy. Not the 49ers. The Cardinals. When they needed to play, they could easily go to their guy. And obviously... D Hop, former Houston Texan. But when the Texans they needed a big play, they they were looking around. They were like, who do we who do we give the ball to? Will Ful- Fuller? Randall Cobb? Kenny Still? Brandon Cooks, who's on the sideline and hurt. Hmm. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, I don't know if the Texans will have a back bounce, uh, not a back bounce, excuse me, a bounce back day on Sunday, a bounce back game on Sunday. I'm not, I'm not sure. Not on the up and up on that. Who are they playing against? One time for the one time. They're playing up against the Baltimore Ravens. Sheesh. Christ. Oh, God. 
I don't have the game, by the way. If I did, I would cast it. Let me let me just check. Do I have it? NFL football. I'm like a thousand percent, I don't have it because I didn't see it in my when I was recording and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I'm not even on the fucking right output. I'm watching Batman Beyond. I'm like, why is my TV not doing doing anything? Okay. Yeah, I don't have the game. I have Kansas City versus the Chargers, which we will watch as well. We'll, we'll watch Kansas City versus the Chargers. But Texans, they're in a little bit of trouble. Two of their hardest opponents are going to be in their two first weeks of the season. And I don't know if you saw Lamar Jackson, but he was throwing absolute dime pieces. He was fantastic once again. Isn't it fantastic that people actually suggested that he should play running back and wide receiver <laughs> coming out of college? It's like, what are you guys evaluating him off of? His ability to run the football or his ability to pass the football? And yes, did he have a 100-yard game in the run game? No, he did not. He had 200 yards and I think three or four touchdowns in the air. You know, just saying. Fantastic game by him, by the way. Would have loved to see it from start to, uh, from start to finish. Would have loved to see him play once again, but um, I, I had to rely on the highlights. By the way, before anyone questions why I watch highlights and why I don't have, um, like, why I just don't watch, like, the full games, because I don't have the full games, and I don't pay for NFL Red Zone package and stuff like that, but um, I also feel like some of the highlights, they do a, a pretty good job of telling how the game went, like, the story of the game, but it's not... Like, it's not one-to-one. -one. It's not like watching two hours of the uh, the game, you know? At least the TV version of the game. So, you know, there's there's that. But, um, you know, I can't wait to see what Lamar Jackson does. 38-6 to was the final score against the Browns. I'm going to talk a little bit about Baker Mayfield in a little bit. But Lamar, as far as I've seen and heard, was throwing dime pieces out to his wide receivers and making fantastic plays to his guys. I mean, I said it before. I said, like, listen, he's going to get in, like, because he's getting in work with Hollywood Brown. He had this fantastic throw to Hollywood Brown. I think it was like a 50 or 60-yard bomb down the field. Perfectly thrown ball. More to the outside than to the inside. Hollywood had created leverage, leverage excuse me. And, I mean, he just won on the route, and he scored a touchdown, I think, off of it. Or they set up a touchdown because of that play. It was Lamar was awesome during that game. Bills versus Jets. I don't really care that much about the quarterback play, and it was kind of hard to decipher what was going on with the quarterback play because, I mean, both quarterbacks kind of played okay, even though Josh Allen probably is going to get, like, his numbers up, his passer rating numbers up. I think he had three touchdowns through the air, maybe four, and, like, 300 yards. He won 27-17. Um, anybody else worried about Sam Darnold? Anybody else going to not give him a pass on this? Like, come on. 17 points, 27. 17 points at 27. Sam Darnold had a horrible game. The parts that I did see were horrible. Even though they, the NFL Network did their best to make him look good, he looked bad. I was like, man, Sam Darnold is just... He's not really playing well right now. And it's his fourth, third year, mind you. 
Everybody's like, you know, he's a franchise quarterback. And, you know, him not having proper guys is hard, makes it hard to evaluate him. And it's like, well, check this out, homeboy. Player. Let me show you something. Let me show you a quarterback last night, a second-year player that outplayed Sam Darnold. I'll show you, I'll show you him in a couple of minutes. But first, let me continue forward with my list. Packers versus Vikings. Um, Vikings got a lot of yards and garbage time, but Aaron Rodgers is back 43 to 34. Absolutely smoked the Vikings. No need, no, no mention there. No need to say anything there. I always say like Aaron Rodgers is on the decline as a quarterback, but him being on the decline is way better than the majority of people's best. Like, it's kind of like LeBron James now. It's like LeBron James is on the decline. And I put that in air quotes. Because he really isn't. Like, Aaron Rodgers is, but LeBron isn't. But, like, whenever people are like, you know, he doesn't defend as good as he did 10 years. And it's like, yeah, because he's 35 and he's been playing for, like, the last 15, nope, 17 years. He's been playing, he's been in the league for 17 years. So, of course, he's going to lose a step. Of course, he's not going to be as explosive. And, of course, he's not going to play as good defense. Even though he's still playing fantastic defense. It's, It's kind of like ticky-tacky, apples-to-apples comparison where it's, like, literally the exact same shit. It's, like, it it doesn't really matter that much that he's not as dominant defensively um, this year as he was, like, 10 years ago, if you want my honest opinion about it. More important stuff uh, that needs to be talked about. But, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, still a fantastic uh, quarterback, 43-34. to I was kind of sweating that game because I was like, man, I really, really don't like the Packers that much, but I also don't like Kirk Cousins. And lo and behold, that paid off in the end. I don't like Kirk Cousins and the Vikings offense. So I was like, okay, that that works for me. Then you had Eagles versus Washington. Dwayne Haskins absolutely just destroyed the Eagles. I didn't even see the full, like, highlight reel of the game. What happened? As I look on, yeah, now I'm starting to feel the, uh, the exact, not the exaggeration, but just the exhaustion here. Let me see it again. All right, I'm going to talk over the game while it's playing. So Washington at home beats the Eagles. Something really hard to do. Carson Wentz. They got two touchdowns, two interceptions, and like eight sacks. That's not good, especially because when you think about it, he's got to play this team twice, play them once, lost to them, and then who does he have to play coming down the pipeline? Yes, I know they lost to the Rams, but still, when you think about it and you put it in hindsight, it's like, well, wait a second, like, he's got to also go up against the Cowboys who have a fantastic pass rush. It was fantastic. It was so fantastic. Jared Goff had to get the football out of his hands in like two seconds. Good job by the Cowboys on Sunday. In that aspect, they sucked in a lot of other aspects, but two seconds. That's what that's what Goff needed to do to get the ball out of his hands. And Carson Wentz, yeesh, man. Considering who's at the offensive line, he may not he may not have two seconds. But also give credit to Dwayne Haskins and the Washington defense and offense. 
for not only getting stops, but also scoring points in pivotal situations that they put themselves in and stopping also Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles. Good God, am I tired. I feel like how I felt on Saturday or Sunday where I literally like let play one of my um, my older podcasts because I was so fucking tired or um, something that I recorded beforehand and then I like woke and then I like took a 20 minute nap I don't think I'm gonna do that I think I'm just gonna power through it I'm just gonna you know just keep on doing my thing but man do the Eagles need some help they need some help Eagles do I don't really know what they're they're supposed to do like they've had injuries all over the offensive line they've had um injuries on their wide receiver core and they just like Miles Sanders was out for the game I, I don't really know what they're supposed to do. But just as I said that the things that they'll use to qualify Carson Wentz, they will use to disqualify him. Or maybe not disqualify him, excuse me. I, I said make excuses for him, I think, is what I said. What I mean by that is is that last season, everybody was clapping it up for Carson Wentz, saying Carson Wentz is a fantastic quarterback. He's a great quarterback, da-da-da-da-da, right? Because he got done without people to throw the football to. And then this year, how do you qualify him? How do you make him sound great? Oh, you don't because he he didn't play great. And because of that, you give him an excuse. You give him a way out. And you say, well, he had nobody. Everybody was hurt. And it's like, well, fuck, man. What else is new? Oh, my God. So Rams versus Eagles, very easy game for the, not the Rams, Washington versus Eagles, very easy game for Washington. Talked a little bit about Browns versus Ravens. Um, Colts versus Jags. I don't know what the Jags are doing. I don't know if they're supposed to be tanking or not. I don't know if they're supposed to be winning football games or not. Um, Whatever the case may be, I feel like if Gardner Minshew... Let me check his numbers here. If Gardner Minshew... I mean, he had three touchdowns. He was 19 of 20 for 173 yards. not saying that he needs to have another, like... 19 for 20 for 173 yard type of game. Well, if he has a good season this season, I think he deserves a right to start next season. I think he deserves a right for the team to be like, you know what? We're going to forego Trevor Lawrence and we're going to go out and get Jamar Chase. That's what I think they should do. I think they should be honest with themselves and say like, hey man, we know what we have with Gardner Minshew. We don't know if Trevor Lawrence's uh, abilities will transition to the NFL. I don't know. We're not going to risk it. I mean, we know that he can beat the Colts, and the Colts Colts are loaded offensively and loaded defensively. And they still were able to get the ball to Gardner Minshew. 27-20 final score. Another win for yours truly. 24. Fantastic job by Gardner Minshew. Moving on, Raiders versus Panthers. Um, I picked the I picked the Raiders over the Panthers because I was like, I'm pretty sure the Panthers as a football team, they suck. I just don't really have the information to prove that. Now I kind of do, but also I kind of don't. They kind of suck at defense, but for them to score 34 or 30 points and make the game 30 to 34, let me just check. Oh, yeah, they scored like all of their points in garbage time. They scored like 15 points in garbage time, so never mind. Do I want to give it to him? Nah. Take away that 15-point 
I won't say lead, but just gap in the fourth quarter. How many points do they have? 19? 19. 19 for 34. Did they score? The Raiders? Yeah, they scored a touchdown. So, I mean, it was kind of close. It was, what, like 27 to 19? So, they were still down by two possessions, but you know how it is. Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. Bears versus Lions. This was an interesting game because uh, the Lions, you know, I really don't like the Lions, man. The Lions, they proved it to me once again. Um, Lions, they kind of suck. Uh, offensively, defensively, special teams. They had that ball game matched up. Not matched up, but like lined up, ready to just be taken back to Detroit. Get the, uh, or not even taken back to Detroit because they were already in Detroit. But just winning that football game outright, making sure that your team goes into the uh, the next week with a lot of momentum a lot of um, a lot of positivity, and then freaking Mitchell Trubisky pulls a rabbit out of his ass and starts throwing dimes up and down to the sides, out routes, short routes, curls, comebacks, uh, fly routes. He was doing every everything that he needed to do as a quarterback. He even started to take off and run, scramble to his right, scramble to his left, make off balance throws, and it's like, wow, that's why you guys got Mitchell Trubisky in the first place. I was very, very happy for him because I shit on Mitchell Trubisky all the time. I hate doing it, but he fucking rose to the occasion. He got it done, and it's like, wow, like, good good on the Bears for beating the Lions, even if the Lions kind of beat themselves up. <laughs> it's like it's like I literally had an a image of, like, Mike Tyson punching his face as hard as he could. It's like, Jesus Christ, that would destroy me. That would like probably crack my jaw open and I would have to eat from a spoon for like the next month or straw. Goodness gracious. Especially because I chew gum and my gum, my gum as in my, not my gum. Yeah, my gum is in my like, my gum that, my gums that support the teeth, my teeth, they like are chewing gum. So my gums are always like opening up and closing, opening up and closing and he freaking cracks me across my chin and I'm dead. At least my jaw is broken. And I'm probably concussed, too. That's not a fun time for me. <laughs> but yeah, Raiders versus Panthers. It's one of those games where I'm like, wow, I can't believe that the uh, the Panthers were good in that game. But also happy for the Raiders as well. Seattle versus, 20, uh, Seattle versus Falcons. 38 to 25. You know, this is what happens when your team actually is able to run, or not run, but throw the football, and your defense gives up early stops, or gives early stops very, very quickly, and Russell Wilson can turn the football around and start freaking throwing it down the football field, and now defenses, especially the Seattle Seahawks defense, they have no idea what you're doing because they freaking are like, well, is it going to be the short game? Is it going to be the intermediate game? Is it going to be a deep pass? Is it going to be any variation of that via play action? They're all spread out. The wide receivers are. We can't really figure out what they're doing. We're going to have to play them straight up. And when they play them straight up, they freaking gash them because they're really, really good route runners and slash, or they have DK Metcalf on their football team. So that means he literally gets to bully uh, Sturgis or who, who is it? It's, I forgot who's on the, um, the Lions team. I can't remember who it is. Drawing a blank here. But yeah, 
Did I say Raiders? I meant to say Bears. But yeah, Bears versus Lions. Nail-biter. Trubisky wins it. Matthew Stafford should have won it, but he doesn't. Good job by the Chicago Bears beating the, uh, the Lions. I didn't expect that one at all. At all. Seattle versus Falcons. Once again, this is what happens when you throw the football. 38-25, blah, blah, blah. They finally let Russell Wilson throw the football. And what happened was, and I feel like I'm repeating myself, what happened was it was an absolute murder. He started to slice him up, dice him up, thrice him up. It's like, well, wait a second. Like, there's no more people here. Or not. Well, yeah, yeah, there was. Or not. Oh, my God. I'm thinking of Stardew Valley. I'm so tired. I'm, like, talking with my eyes closed right now. I'm so tired. I apologize. But um, Russell Wilson, it wasn't like there wasn't any guys open or whatever. I don't know what I said. But Russell Wilson... By himself, had to maybe not by himself, but with the help of DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and a few other players like Greg Olson, had essentially eviscerated the Falcons' defense and showed you why you probably don't draft a corner in the first round instead of getting CD Lamb. Instead, but usually you don't see Seattle blowing people out unless they play like absolute hot garbage. And the Falcons, they kind of didn't. They played kind of competently. So I'm pretty happy and excited about that. About the freaking Seattle Seahawks opening up their offense and saying, hey, Russ, you want to throw the football more? Russ is like, yeah, sure, I'll throw it more. And then they're like, here you go. You can throw it more. But then Dallas is like, yeah, we'll run it on first down. Moving on, Patriots versus Dolphins, which is exact. Let me take my shirt off. I'm so fucking tired here. Let me take it off. Hold on. Let me stand up, too. So that way, like, I freaking don't even fall asleep. Let me stand up. Hold on. Oh, yeah. That's so much better. Can you hear me? Yes, you can. Awesome. Now it's like I just got super awake. So let me, um, I don't know how good the uh, the audio is. I'm going to kind of just, like, pivot around and stuff like that and, like, go back to my microphone. Let me also stand up with my notes here. So... Oh, this feels so much better. Like, now I'm not tired. So, Dolphins versus Patriots, right? Uh, I'm going to talk about a group of quarterbacks that really made my day this weekend and were really fantastic uh, during this weekend. One of those is Cam Newton. Cam Newton looked like Cam Newton. By the way, one of my favorite games of this weekend was the Patriots versus the Dolphins. Absolutely love Cam Newton. Absolutely loved what he did this offseason uh, when it came to the work that he put in. With, uh, with building rapport with his wide receivers, as well as uh, just preparing for this offseason, kind of re remaking and redesigning his throwing motion, which he 1,000% did, by the way, this offseason, and, um, and, and even the last offseason as well. And just doing the proper things that he needs to do to be a better quarterback uh, for the New England Patriots. Loved the, uh, the game that Josh McDaniel, McDaniels uh, called. Loved what Cam did as a quarterback when it came to adjustments and just quick throws to Julian Edelman when the Dolphins brought the blitz on, um, on, on, um, on the Patriots. I mean, it was an awesome football game to watch. If you're a Patriots fan, 
Um, and I am a Patriot supporter. Love what the Patriots are doing. Also love what Tom Brady is doing. But you got to give credit to the Patriots. The Patriots, they didn't miss a beat at all. The score, the final score was 21 to 10. But it certainly didn't seem like it at all. So I am very, very happy with um, what the Patriots did, what Cam Newton did. Loved it. Loved to see it. Loved it. Thought they did a fantastic job. Next game up, Chargers versus Bengals. This was one of those games that I kind of saw hindsight, you know, not hindsight, but kind of was watching it, watching the live score and then rewatch the highlights. Joe Burrow, I thought was going to fucking struggle this offseason. Watch out for my Browns versus Bengals pick on Thursday. Watch out. It's coming up soon. Excuse me. I'm about to give it once I go through all the games. But the Chargers, they barely won that football game and easily have a better team than the Bengals. And when you go back and you watch that game, you're like, man, Joe Burrow is fantastic. Like, absolutely fantastic. And when Joe Burrow scored his first touchdown of the season, all of his guys, and when I mean all of his guys, like the entire offense, ran into the back of the end zone and, like, hugged him, congratulated him, and it just shows you, like, how much they like him on offense. And and A.J. Green kind of talked about it where you don't see that from a rookie. You don't see kind of the coolness, the calmness, the collectiveness from A.J., not A.J., um, Joe Burrow, and I was really, really down on the Bengals, and I still am because I think they're a terrible team. But, I mean, they got their guy. They got their guy, man. I want to see more. I want to see him play in, like, two seasons. So that means this year and next year, and and then we'll kind of revisit this. But I, I really, really like what Joe Burrow did this weekend, or technically last weekend, with the Cincinnati Bengals and how good of a football player he was and what he did to the freaking Chargers. It also kind of like leads me to believe, and I and I kind of got this pick by the skin of my teeth because the Chargers, uh, they, they were super lucky because Joe Burrow had led like a final fourth quarter comeback drive and freaking um, Joe had, had freaking had the A.J. Green pass interference call you know, be uh, touchdown pass, be called back. And then he had the field goal, the chip shot field goal, I might add, that uh, that the freaking kicker just missed. And it's like, it should have been 16-16. They went into, they should have gone into overtime and they should have played for uh, the victory in overtime. Chargers, by the way, have a lot of problems if they're struggling to beat the Bengals. Again, Joe Burrow played out of his freaking mind and give him a lot of credit because he played out of his freaking mind but uh, Chargers are in trouble if they struggle against the Bengals because they got the Chiefs twice a year, by the way. Speaking of tra- teams that are in trouble, 49ers. They just lost George Kittle on the Cardinals versus the 49ers game. By the way, final score 24-20. Um, I, I was like, Kyler, please don't let me down. Please don't let me down. Please don't let me down. Kyler did not. 24 24-20. For the Arizona Cardinals, absolutely fantastic game by Kyler Murray. Shout out to my guy and shout out to DeAndre Hopkins. He is very grateful that he is not on the Houston Texans. Very grateful. If you don't get the reference, it's because right after the Houston Texans lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, he tweeted out grateful because he was apparently on the Jimmy Fallon show. It's like, yeah, I, I, I see it two ways. 
But yeah, the Cardinals beat them 24-20. I didn't really see anything bad about Jimmy Garoppolo's play because, again, it's highlights. I saw a lot of good from uh, from Kyler and his ability to just distribute the ball to his number one wide receiver. It's funny. I remember I, I was watching pro football uh, talk in in Chris Sims and Mike Florio, they were talking about how DeAndre Hopkins is a, is a crutch for Kyler Murray. He got like 14 catches or 14 attempts, and I think he had 13 catches for like 159 yards. And they were like, yeah, he's using them. He's using freaking um, DeAndre Hopkins as a crutch, and he's not learning how to throw to multiple different receivers. And it's like, well, you guys didn't apparently watch last season where Kyler Murray literally had nobody and almost beat the 49ers twice. And then on top of that, you also have to, right, like, like, I don't get this whole notion of using the best wide receiver and throwing the football to the best wide receiver 14 times, having 159 yards and winning the game. I don't get that at all, right? Like, I get it. We're trying to set quarterbacks up for long-term success, and we're trying to ha- help them win, and I get the argument of them, of, of Kyler Murray not learning how to throw to multiple guys, but I'm pretty sure after his first year of throwing to multiple guys, guys that were very, 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 like irrelevant within the within the um, the outcome of the game because it's not like they were playmakers they were just kind of bodies on the team considering that like that was the situation last year and now he actually has a number one wide receiver it's like I don't really care if he freaking throws the football to him for 13 times I don't care I want him to throw the football to them 13 times in a game or not 13 14 times in a game because that's what won on Sunday. 24-20. Kyler Murray. Fantastic. Jimmy Garoppolo needs to step up. Um, his defense, fantastic. Defense couldn't get to Kyler. Quick passes, running around, stuff like that. But Jimmy Garoppolo, everybody was talking about how great of a quarterback he is. Oh my God, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's fantastic. He's this, he's that. Look at him now. He's struggling. And I mean, by struggling, I mean he is blood in the water right now. No Debo Samuels, no Brandon Ayuk, no George Kittle, Raheem Morstert, and he still fucking struggles. Uh, I didn't watch the full game again because I didn't have it, but Chris Sims was talking about him, and he said he's pretty much mediocre. I kind of agree with that. And then we get on to half of my game day picks that I freaking whiffed. Saints and Bucks, um, Cowboys and Rams. I'm going to chalk it up to just... I Like Saints and Bucks, Tom had two interceptions. Can't have two interceptions. Cannot have two interceptions as a quarterback. And um, I, I, feel, I, I feel... I I can't remember that game specifically, what went wrong in that game. But I would chalk it up to two interceptions and probably a lack of execution on the... On the I was about to say Patriots, but I meant to say Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then Cowboys can tell you a whole lot that went wrong with that uh, with that football game. First and foremost, uh, I would throw a fucking wrench at that defense, man. That defense is abominable. And I would operate my entire offense through Dak Prescott. That is it. Because your defense sucks. How is it that a dude that just came off of, of, of like, rehab uh, in, in freaking, like, like, literally at the beginning of this year is sober and like had issues for like the last five years, how is he now the best player on your defense and Demarcus Lawrence is in the shadows once again? I remember everybody was like, Demarcus Lawrence is still a great player. He's still a fantastic player. It's like, dude, I see Khalil Mack. I see Aaron Donald. I see 
Um, uh, freaking Chandler Jones get double teamed all the time and they still produce double digit sacks. But then freaking Demarcus Lawrence, for whatever reason, just doesn't. And then you look at his production. He has like two great years of production and then everything else is like average to below average. It's like, what? Like, what? He's the highest paid Dallas Cowboy, by the way. And Jerry Jones is like, I'm not going to pay Dak Prescott. I'm going to pay Jalen Smith, who had easily one of his worst games ever, according to Jeff Cavanaugh. And then on top of that, and then on top of that, Pro Football Focus, which I don't, I'm not a huge subscriber in, but I know some people are. Pro Football Focus ranked Jalen Smith as like the worst linebacker that played on Sunday. I cannot like, like granted when Layton was on the field, he was pretty bad as well. But Jesus fucking Christ, man, Jalen, I would, I would be happy at the end of this season if, if he got traded. This has been like the second year in a row where Jalen has just significantly underperformed on his contract. And it's like, figure it out. You probably need a draft a linebacker. You probably need somebody who can flex at both the mic and the will now, because you, you need to think about creating depth for the linebacker position because Leighton Vanderess is getting hurt all the fucking time. And then you also need to think about maybe we need to replace Jalen Smith. When can we cut him? Let's check it out on overthecap.com because I mean, I'm being serious about this. Jalen, Jalen would play probably his worst game ever. Ever. Oh, wait. Let me move my microphone once again. I'm not sitting down because I, I literally am going to fall asleep again. I need to do this more often. This microphone stand is an absolute game changer. Let me see it again. How much does Jalen? When can he? When I'm, I'm looking up when Dallas can release Jalen Smith without it hurting the cap. Okay, so his cap number this year is seven and a half million. How long do we did we sign him? He's a free agent in 2026. So. This structure of this contract, oh my god. You can cut him next year. I mean, he's going to be, I think, like, four mil, like, hmm. I'm not sure how this how this averages out. Oh, his, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you can cut him next year. He, he His guaranteed money runs out after this year, so you can cut him, or you can trade him. I would trade him. I would trade him. Please and thank you. Get him to a team that needs a linebacker because Jalen is a mess right now. He's one of the highest paid linebackers and he sure as hell does not play play like it. But yeah, if I could get a top tier Will linebacker that could flex as a Mike, I would at this point because... I don't have any faith in Jalen Smith to make plays. I late Leighton is hurt again. And Leighton was hurt last season. And Leighton is essentially the new Sean Lee. Where he's always hurt. Except he is now hurt at the beginning of the season where we kind of need him. And he did not play fucking good at all. At all in that first game. So linebackers, disaster. 
Um, defensive line, DeMarcus, disaster. The only good guy that I felt was fantastic was Alden Smith. And he, once again, has not played in five fucking years. Um, what else happened in that Dallas versus Rams game that I just despised? Oh, yeah, how Dallas freaking ran a vanilla offense once again. Why are they running it on first down? And, like, I, I kind of got it after the fact. I didn't see it, like, I didn't see it um, because I'm not great at analyzing offensive line play, especially in the heat of things. But um, And I saw the game again, but I, like, wasn't watching the offensive line again. But I thought Dak and Zeke did a fantastic job at compensating without great offensive line play. I think Dallas's offensive linemen were ranked like in like Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, and um, who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, Zach Martin, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Joe Looney. They were all ranked in like the bottom twenty at their respective position, um, often for the offensive line. Right? Like they were all bad. They were all terrible. I didn't see that at all. Like Dak and Zeke compensated heavily heavily for bad offensive line play so you know what i'm doing if i am mike mccarthy and kellen moore i'm gonna say hey we got to figure out how we can get the passing game going a lot earlier against the falcons so because we got the like we have seattle who just put up 38 points against the falcons coming up on deck we got to figure out how not only to stop seattle's offense but get our offense going up against seattle's defense with jamal adams and shakeem griffin and the pass rushes that they have there like we have got to figure out our offense immediately or else we're going to be fucked in two fucking weeks where we go up to Seattle and play Seattle in Seattle and we freaking have to go up against those teams and like just figure it out, get it done, you know, get Dak the ball. I was screaming about it this morning, technically last night. I was like, please give Dak the ball. Please give Dak the ball. Please give Dak the ball. He's awesome. He's amazing. Give him the ball. They did not give him the ball. And because of that, they freaking lost. But yeah, I felt like they needed to go down the field a little bit more. That Gallup pass, prime example of it. I felt like they needed to stop working the middle with all of their guys constantly. They were running a lot of crossing patterns. Run some vertical routes as well. Get your guys kind of going down the field and have somebody open underneath to get some of the dudes that were just clogging up the middle and making plays on dudes out of the play itself and have them commit either to the short game or the deep game. Most defenses are going to commit to the deep game if they are worth a damn. And um, just freaking do that instead of try to uh, trying to freaking trying to just work the middle, work the middle, work the middle. You don't always have to work the middle all the time. Just work it and set up big plays with play action. They never used play action passing to set up they never used the run game to set up play action pass. By the way, Zeke, I don't know what what he put in his drink, but Zeke was juiced that game. Zeke, like I loved what I saw from Dak Prescott. By the way, Zeke and Dak, again, if you care about pro football focus, Zeke and Dak were like ranked top five at their respective positions. So everybody needs to be quiet about those two guys, including myself, because I gave Zeke a lot of shit. Zeke came out with a vengeance. Uh, I think he had 96 yards behind one of the worst offensive line play in the league on Sunday. And so did Dak. Dak was like top five at his position as well. So those two guys figure it out how to get Dak the ball, give it to Zeke. The Falcons, they have good pass rushers. They have a good, uh, no, not a pass rush. They have a good tackle. They have, they don't have good corners. They don't have good. This is the game where Dallas's offensive passing attack should work. 
to be honest with you, here's here's what I'm gonna here's what I'm gonna say about Dallas vanilla Dallas's vanilla offense. Um, I don't think they unveiled everything that they have to show off. I think they're going to unroll it and unpackage it as the season goes on. I don't think that it is, you know, we saw everything that they're going to show off this year within that last game. I think they're going to slowly unravel it. I think they're going to show it off a little bit more. I think they're going to have more complex play designs and play calling in the next couple of weeks. I think their whole purpose was, hey, we're going to run a vanilla offense. We're going to run a vanilla defense. And that's that's what we're going to do for the first week. And then we'll start scheming and making adjustments and things of that nature going forward. Maybe it'll take a couple of weeks before they really hit their stride. But Washington is leading the division. Washington, let me repeat, Washington is leading the division. Let me take a swig of water before I continue. They're leading their division. It's up for grabs. Eagles, I think, can and will be destroyed by the Cowboys because I think the Cowboys have better pass rush than the Eagles. Alden Smith turns out once again. I saw him line up. I saw him line up. He is a fucking monster. That dude, his size has been under-exaggerated. He looks like David Irving out there. When he was crouched over, and then I like I looked at Alden Smith, and then I looked at freaking Demarcus Lawrence, I was like, Alden Smith is way bigger, or at least he looks bigger than Demarcus Lawrence. He looks fucking juiced. He looks gassed up. He looks like he fucking throws logs over houses for a living. Jesus Christ, that is one gigantic human being. And, it, and you know, the footage that I saw of him does not do him justice. Like, they had video recordings of him. They showed him walking around at practice, and I was like, it doesn't do him justice. He is a gigantic human fucking being. Holy shit. But I felt like Jared Goff, the Rams, they had, give credit to the Rams. You know, they had a great game plan. Jared Goff, as much as as much flack and shit I give him, he was fantastic. So was Sean McVay. I love Sean McVay. But um, the positives of this game were that I feel like Dak and Zeke can carry this fucking football team. Just figure out how to fucking give it to Dak, to, to Dak Prescott more. And CeeDee Lamb, he had a 30-yard pass. He had a 30-yard catch. Give the ball to CeeDee Lamb. Tell Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper to go up the field and just say, hey, CeeDee Lamb, we're going to give you the ball in space. Amari Cooper, we're going to have you work on the inside, and we're going to scheme plays for you, but we're going to package everything up to make it look very similar. Please, for the love of God, do that. Please, God, do that. It is so easy, so easy to complicate things. And then they, then they made motioning simple and simplistic. It's like, for the love of Christ, fix your offense. God, it frustrated me all last all on Sunday. I couldn't believe how bad it was on Sunday. Goodness gracious. Fix it. What page am I on? On my journal. By the way, I got this journal. When did I get this journal? I got it this year. I cannot remember where I got it. When I got it. I got it in April. This journal is almost filled out in September. I'm almost done with it. I have like 10 more pages left. I actually have to go get a new journal. 
from Office Depot, like tomorrow. I kid you not, there's like 10 pages in it left. I got to go get a new one. So, anyways. Dallas, I feel like, can back can bounce back. Rams, congratulations. You beat the tar out of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, even though it was a close game, I like the fourth quarter, the fourth the fourth down play call. I like it a lot. Um, it, it They should have gone for it. Yeah, they should have gone for it. Uh, if you watch the play, again, CeeDee Lamb is supposed to essentially be wide open for a touchdown pass, but the safety just follows him for the entirety of the play. It's a crossing route, crossing pattern. It should have worked. The crossing routes, they just didn't work, okay? I mean, they just didn't work all game. And give credit to the safety. I think his name is Kendall Fuller. He made a hell of a play. Congratulations. That was the, one, that was the play that won the football game because if he didn't and if he played Amari... Would have been a fucking touchdown. Easily. Easily, I might add. Anyways. Steelers versus Giants. Steelers won it, but fucking shout out to Daniel Jones. I'm going to talk about Daniel Jones a little bit more in depth here. But Daniel Jones, absolutely fantastic. The final score doesn't reflect it. I'll get into him in a little bit. 26-16, it was Steelers, but Daniel Jones... I'll talk about him in a second. Titans versus Broncos. Very close game. I saw the end of it. Not on the podcast. My internet went out for like an hour or two. And um, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, I can't like watch the rest of this football game um, with the advertisements. Because it's probably going to go on for like another two hours. Or another hour. And I'd rather go to sleep. Wake up. Take my family member to surgery. Um, and, and cut the pro- podcast short. Excuse me. And then come back today, watch it again, or at least the part that I miss, and then be able to talk about it in depth. Drew Locke played a pretty good football game. He played a pretty good football game, but I mean, it's the Titans, and he's a little bit inexperienced. He's a second-year player, right? He's going up against the team that was in the AFC Championship game, and he only lost the game by two points. Like, I'm not going to get mad over that. I'm not going to be like, Drew Locke sucks! He's terrible! And Jerry Judy okay game. Speaking of Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb also had a good game as well for a rookie. Trevon Diggs also had a good game for a rookie. Um, Not Trevon. Yeah, Trevon Diggs also had a good game in C.D. Lamb. Like, I'm not really worried about the um, the rookie wide receivers as much as people are trying to be like C.D. Lamb, bad pick for the Dallas Cowboys. It's like, they're rookies. Give them a break. Let's see what Mike McCarthy does this weekend. Let's see if they start to open up the offense this weekend. Please, God, open it up. The Falcons, they stink. If you lose to the Falcons, you got fucking problems. Yeah, And I said it. I was like, you, you lose to the Rams, you got fucking problems. They do have problems. And it's obvious what their problems are. Make your offense more complex. Give the ball to Dak on first fucking down. I cannot believe I have to say this for two fucking years in a row. Give the ball to Dak Prescott on first down. And, and it's like you didn't disguise anything. You didn't package anything well. Fucking disguise it this week. Give the ball to Dak Prescott. Christ alive. Don't screw this up. This is not hard. It is not hard at all. But yes, like, they should have given the ball to Dak Prescott more. Don't run such a vanilla offense. Moving on. Let's talk Bengals and Browns. I got the Bengals beating the Browns on Thursday night football. There's a rumor out today. My sister, 
Um, she doesn't know anything about football. She doesn't cover football like at all. She doesn't like she, she like she doesn't like football like I do. Right? Even she was like twenty four. She called me by by my real name, but let's just use my name. Twenty four. Um, did you know that Odell Beckham Jr. is being traded? And I was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, you know, twenty four. Um, Odell's he's on the trade block, and I was like, I did not hear this at all. Apparently, Odell Beckham Jr. has been on the trade block for the entirety of the offseason as well. They've been trying to get rid of him. The GM for the Browns was like, you know, um, you know, like uh, Odell. Be- I-, I remember this. There was this interesting press conference where he taught he talked about talking with Odell Beckham Jr. about his behavior, and I was like, dude, you're a rookie GM. Why are you talking to the veteran wide receiver like? You need to figure out, you need to get Baker Mayfield some fucking players. And once again, Baker Mayfield has issues on the offensive line. And Baker Mayfield scored three point, six points against the, um, who did he score three uh, against Baltimore? And it's like he has a loaded offense. Loaded offense. Let me, what was the box score? What was the box score? Against the Baltimore Ravens? Let me check that. For him. Um, he was 21 of 39, so he almost had, holy fucking shit, 21 of 39, he threw it almost 40 times, he, uh, let me see his completion percentage. Hold on. 53% completion percentage, which is significantly below average. Significantly below average. One touchdown, one interception, 65.0 passer rating. God awful. That's not good enough, Baker. And when you look at all of his ye- all of his years in the past couple of years, he goes from 93.7%, which is average, then down to 78.8%, which is significantly below average. This is this is your passer rating, and it's not percentage-based, excuse me, it's based off of points. I apologize. So 78.8 passer rating, right? And then this year, because he's only played in one game, 65.0 passer rating. And you, you hear, you know, the Browns are trying to move Odell. They're trying to move Odell. They're trying to move Odell. And I talked about it this offseason. I talked about it. I said, listen, man, there's some dudes that are working out with their wide receivers, and it's going to show up on Sundays. It's guys like Baker Mayfield, for example, that are going to show up. Not Baker. Uh, Lamar Jackson, where the work is going to show up on Sundays, where he just throws an absolute dying beast to Hollywood Brown. I said it, I was like, it, it, like he, he's, he's fantastic. Lamar is absolutely fantastic. And then I said, why isn't Baker throwing to Odell Beckham Jr.? You should be throwing to Odell Beckham Jr., Baker, because he's your number one guy. He, is, he should be your prime receiver. You threw the damn ball almost 40 times, and you can't even have 200 yards. That's a problem. That is a huge problem, especially because... What was the heralded trait? What was the best attribute for Baker Mayfield coming out of OU? It was his accuracy. And then his completion percentage, which is one of the key definite defining metrics when it comes to quarterback accuracy. He's below average and significantly so. In fact, he's been steadily on the decline for his accuracy, his completion percentage. Since his rookie year, 63.8%, which is above average, to now 59, to last year, 59.4%, which is below average, to now 53.8%, which is significantly below average. 
He's on the decline. He's not on the recline. On the upcline. Not recline. Recline is what, you know, I did yesterday. Reclining in my freaking lazy boy. Point is, Baker not only needs to show up on Thursday, but he actually has to beat Joe Burrow. Which is why I'm challenging Joe Burrow. Not Joe Burrow. Baker Mayfield. It's why I say like, hey, I'm picking against Baker because he has not shown me anything yet. And I talked about it like last season. I was like, man, I feel like the Cleveland Browns, regardless of what happened with their offensive line, should win enough football games to go to the playoffs. I felt like Dak Prescott and his running game with Zeke and Tony Pollard, I felt like they could have beaten the Rams yesterday or Sunday, technically. I felt that with Dak and what he did, I felt like he played well enough to warrant more throws, to be to, to warrant more freaking attempts. I felt like if they had run the offense through Dak Prescott, they probably would have won that football game. I mean, that it's, it's the reality of the situation. As much as people want to give Dak flack, his offensive line played poorly, and yet the offense was still flowing. Aaron Donald was all over our offensive line. The right tackle was bad. Tyron Smith, bad. Zach Martin, bad. And they their offense, they still did what they wanted to do. Zeke, to me, secured it. He's the best running back in the league. I don't care about Christian McCaffrey. Don't talk to me about Christian McCaffrey. Dak and Zeke were fantastic without an offensive line. Baker Mayfield? I mean, I, I don't know. He's got the weapons. He's got the weapons now. He's had the weapons for two years. Why hasn't he developed the rapport with Odell? Why is he throwing the football 40 times and only getting 200 yards? You should have somewhere over 200 yards. You should have somewhere close to 300 yards. You're throwing the fucking football 40 times in a game? He can't go deep with the ball. And let me tell you something. I'm going to watch it on Friday or on Thursday, and I'm going to see missed throws. I'm going to see him not have completions. The fact that the Bengals almost beat the Chargers, and by almost beat them, I mean field goal kicker does his job. He freaking, like, they win the football game. But I just, I don't know about Baker Mayfield, man. I do not know about Baker Mayfield. He's one of those guys where I just like, he is in trouble. This should be his final year to prove it. No more talk. No more anything. I once again pick them to go to the playoffs. It's already looking pretty bad week one. They were terrible. There's a difference, for example, in being the Browns and losing to Baltimore. 6 to 38 or 6 to 36 I, I don't remember the score and then losing to uh the Rams when your offensive line plays badly you're uh, like all of your some of your best players get hurt and your defense doesn't your your core guys on your defense don't play good like at all and you still come within 3 points to win the football game and it's and in the game is decided on some shitty ass pass interference call by the refs. Like, that's a completely different story from getting absolutely blown out the front door and playing absolutely terribly as the quarterback. As much as people want to be like, Dak played terribly. Dak sucked. Dak this and that. 
Dak played well enough to win the football game if they had given him the football in the first place. So, I said I wasn't in on Baker. I said, Baker, he's got to prove himself to be one of my guys. I'm out on Baker Mayfield. I'm putting, I'm, I'm keeping him at arm's length, pushing him aside. I'm saying, Baker, show me what you got. Baker has not shown me something that makes me think that he could be one of my guys. I was going to say this for later. But let me kind of define what being one of my guys is. So back in the early 1900s, the United States, they had a prohibition on alcohol. I think that's what it's called. They made alcohol consumption illegal, which was fucking stupid. It led to a surge in organized crime with the mafia and, um, and how they had essentially started to smuggle alcohol into the United States. And the mafia had mafiosos, dudes that were a part of the family that were called made men. Right? They were a part of the family, so to speak. So... I've kind of done the exact same thing. I've, I've gotten my guys, my mafiosos, my quarterbacks that I'm going to defend until something happens. Some, their play significantly deci- declines for a significant amount of time. Their consistency drops off. Their ability to make plays. These are my guys. These are my quarterbacks. Right? That I think if you put on a playoff team right now, you like let's say you replace Sanford, let's say you you take out Jimmy Garoppolo and you put on one of my guys, right? One of my guys is gonna take them to the playoffs. One of my guys is gonna help you win a couple of playoff games. If you if you replace Jimmy Garoppolo with them, if you put them on the Browns, the Browns probably win or not win, but like play better and more competently than they did on Sunday. And this is in no particular order. You know, my, you know, the made men, so to speak. They're not in any particular order. There's no ranking to them. I don't like rankings. They're kind of arbitrary and useless, to me at least. I, I would rather just generalize it, get it right, than just try and go specifics and try to, like, figure out, like, things that don't really matter as much. The thing that matters more specifically is just whether you get it right, whether you get it wrong. And I feel like I've gotten it right when it comes to... The, uh, the quarterbacks that I have on this list. I'm not going to go into explanation with most of them because, with some of them, because they're pretty self-explanatory, right? Like Patrick Mahomes, he's one of my guys. Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, they're all my guys. They're all my made men. You put them on the freaking 49ers, it's like, oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers gets on the 49ers. Of course, they, they go to the playoffs and they start winning playoff games. Of course, if they put them on those guys, they'll, they'll not on those guys, on the Browns, they'll win, they'll, they'll not even win, excuse me, let me make that clear. Maybe not win, but play significantly better than they did on Sunday. Ben Roethlisberger, check this out. Tyler Murray, he's a made man. He's got the stripes. He's undergone the ritual, the routine, the initiation, if you will. He's done what he's needed to do to show me that he can play in high-level, high-intense situations. And if you give him enough, he'll win. If you give him not enough, 
he'll get you in in in, in a in a chance to win. Not in not in a possession. I was gonna say in a possession to win, but he'll give you a chance to win, which is why I was so high on him going in and beating the 49ers in San Francisco this year. Week one, day one. I was like, they're, they're gonna beat the 49ers. They almost beat him twice. Jimmy Garoppolo had to have two miraculous comeback victories against the Cardinals to beat the Cardinals. And I was like, you know what? Pretty sure Jimmy Garoppolo won't do it a third time. And lo and behold, he didn't. Kyler Murray had to play out of his mind during these last three games against the 49ers. And guess what happened? That third game, they cracked. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's not good enough. Jimmy Garoppolo's like, I got to have Debo Samuel. I got to have Brandon Ayuk. I got to have George Kittle. Want to know why Jimmy Garoppolo isn't one of my guys? Because he couldn't make plays when the plays needed to be made. He's not one of my guys. But Kyler Murray is. Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, everybody wants to throw shade and blame on those two guys. They're saying Deshaun should have won. Dak should have won. Dak Prescott should have won. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, listen, man, their teams had the exact same problem. They didn't operate through the quarterback. They tried to operate through the running back. They tried to not change up their scheme, their formation, not even their formation, but their philosophy, excuse me. They were like, let's just keep on doing the exact same thing until it either fails or succeeds, and they did it until it failed for both of them. They should be ashamed of themselves because they both could have competed better. Dallas probably could have won it against the Rams. For some weird reason, the same mistakes that they made last year, not running it, or not, excuse me, running it in the red zone instead of trying to take a shot. I was like, they're going to take a shot here. They're going to try and sling it here. They didn't do that at all. They were like, yeah, we'll just be complacent. We'll just just continue to just run it with Zeke, run it with Zeke, run it with Zeke. And then it's like, how about this? How about you throw it? Throw it to Amari Cooper. CDL Lamb. Back of the end zone. Dak's one of the most accurate deep ball throwers in the league. I get it. Aaron Donald is pretty damn good. That's why you all out protect. If you got to send Zeke in the backfield and send Zeke in the backfield and say, Zeke, you're not going out on this play to catch a football. You're on that play to block. If you got to tell Blake Jarwin or Dalton Schultz to get out there and block, then you say to Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz, hey, get your ass back out there and block. Realize that you got to take shots. The same risk that you took on that fourth quarter play, play excuse me, that crossing route, to CeeDee Lamb, that same risk that you took, you need to take more of them in the game and maybe you don't have to take that large risk with CeeDee Lamb on fourth down. Maybe you just say, hey, we're just going to start throwing the football in the end zone. Maybe you'll win the football game. Your offense played well enough to win the football game. You just got to give your quarterback a little bit more chance, some more opportunities to make some damn plays. That's what you got to do. Instead of just being like, eh, you know, we're just going to stay strong. We're just going to, we're just going to be kind of, you know, safe, just safe, just a little bit safe. Just like be like, no, 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 Going to try and risk it. We're going to try and be a little bit more aggressive. We're just going to try and get a little bit more, 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 you know, more, more tactical here. The same issues that plagued Dallas, played Houston, and the vice versa. 
Give it to your quarterbacks. You just saw what happened with Russell Wilson, didn't you? You just saw what happened with Russell Wilson, didn't you? You just saw what happened with Russell Wilson, didn't you? You just saw that Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks, they said, we're not going to run it. We're going to throw it. Do you want to know why? Because we have an all-star quarterback that can deliver us from evil. Why aren't you delivering? Why aren't you letting your quarterback deliver you from evil? That's like saying, Jesus, you don't need to die on the cross for our sins. Jesus is like, this is my purpose in life. Why aren't you letting me save you? This is why I was born. This is why God made me. So that way I can save humanity. Sorry for putting my Christian beliefs into this podcast. I apologize for it. But I'm on a heater right now. I'm on an absolute roll. I'm talking facts right here. Nobody can dispute that. Why are you not letting your quarterbacks deliver you from evil? It's like the 12 disciples saying, Jesus, you don't, you don't need to do it. And Jesus said, that is not the word of God that you are speaking right now. That is the word of Satan. Why are you not letting Dak Prescott deliver you from evil? Why are you not letting Deshaun Watson do his damn job and help you win football games? He did it in Clemson. He did it in Houston. Let him do it again. I don't care that you traded for Deshaun, for, D for David Johnson. The trade didn't work out. The Cardinals, they look better with Deshaun, with, with D-Hop. Then you look with David Johnson. They won against the Cardinals, not the Cardinals, against the 49ers. You lost against Kansas City pretty fucking badly, I might add. Nobody cares about how cute you look. Nobody cares that he had seven yards to carry as I go out and snuff out my candle flame. Nobody cares about the stats. The only stat that they care about is dubs. And you didn't get the dub. Dallas, you didn't get the dub. Neither did you, Houston. Take a, take a page out of Seattle's playbook and look at what they're doing in Seattle. They scored 35 points, 38 points against the Atlanta Falcons. Russell Wilson was on an absolute heater. And Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks, they went to Calvary. And Jesus uplifted them, not comparing Russell Wilson to Jesus, just saying Jesus uplifted the world, the planet. He saved everybody's souls, and now everybody gets to go up to heaven. Let Russell Wilson save you. And that's what they did. Let Deshaun, ja De not Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Watson save you. Let that Prescott save you. This isn't very hard. Two quarterbacks that could potentially be top five, and they're like, let's run the football. So Dak and Deshaun, they're obviously made men. One final guy, Daniel Jones here. Daniel Jones lost the football game. He, he had an eight-minute time, and he didn't do anything with it. Deshaun, not Deshaun, Daniel Jones lost the football game. 24-24, why are you talking about the, the, the freaking Giants quarterback? Did you not watch the game? Did you not watch the podcast? Did you not see how impressed I was with Daniel Jones and the throws that he was making all throughout that game? Under pressure, under duress. They were loading up, giving him box blitzes where they overloaded a specific side of his offensive line with Bud Dupree and slash or TJ Watt to make it impossible, if not very difficult, for his offensive line to pick up everybody. Saquon Barkley had negative yardage, I might add. Did you not watch the football game? Because I did. And I was like, Daniel Jones is keeping this football game 
in very, very close competition, almost winning it. He was making throws. Take dudes. Name, name me a receiver on the Giants. Name me a receiver. I'll wait. You see, you can't. Or you might. You might be able to name me one. But they're not very good. The giant wide receivers aren't very good. They're not at a high level. They're not at a good level. They may not even be at an average level. And he elevated them on Monday to an above average level. And I was so impressed with Daniel Jones. I said his offensive line is getting destroyed. Saquon Barkley is inefficient. He has negative yards. He had negative yards for the majority of the game, but they just kept on giving him the football. And eventually he got back to, I think he had six yards in the ball game total. When you account for the negative yardage, he had like six yards total. It was bad. It's probably his worst game ever. But Daniel Jones had absolutely elevated his football team and had, I mean, just uplifted them. I feel like if you put him on that team, on that Browns team on Sunday, they got a way better shot with Daniel Jones than they do have with Baker Mayfield. Pretty sure he would have loved to have Odell Beckham Jr. Pretty sure he would have loved to have Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, Big Chubb, and Odell. Pretty sure he would have loved it, but he didn't. You know, you want to know who his tight end was? Evan Ingram and question mark. Want to know who his running back was? Saquon Barkley and question mark. Want to know who his wide receivers were? Uh, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, and um, question mark. The only reason why I know who Darius Slayton and uh, and uh, Sterling Shepard are is because he was throwing to them and he made them look damn good. That's how I know their names. Daniel Jones is a made man to me. Second year in the row, I, second year in the league. Excuse me. I can make him a made. I can make whoever I want into a made man, and I can take away that honor, that privilege. I can take it away just as quick as I give it. But to me, Daniel Jones, he showed up last year. He impressed me. He was better than Baker Mayfield that last year. He's better than Baker Mayfield this year. He's better than Sam Darnold, and he pretty much was working with exactly what they were given as well. In fact, Baker Mayfield is easily has the best stuff out of all of them, and he played the worst. I don't see Daniel Jones getting the same, the same, uh, uh, breath, 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 breath to breathe in as I do a Sam Darnold and a Baker Mayfield where everybody's like, you know what? You know what? Sam Darnold, he's not problematic at all. It's, it's all on Adam Gase. It's not, it's not the possibility. There's, there's not a possibility that he couldn't be the guy. It's not it at all. It's not like the only game that he has is against the Dallas Cowboys, the dysfunctional Dallas Cowboys. Of 2019. It's not It's not like that's the only good game. And people qualify that game and disqualify it if they either qualify the Dallas Cowboys of that year or disqualify them. That's pretty much it. You want to crown him? Crown him. But make sure that he actually has the, the capital 
to be crowned king. Because right now, he's not even the he's not even the third best. He may not even be the third best dude in their division. I'm watching Ty Ryan Tannehill. Not Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Fitzpatrick in Miami. He may be better than him. And are you going to tell me that Ryan Fitzpatrick has a lot of wide receivers to play with? Sam Darnold right now, in my opinion, is the fourth best quarterback in his division. Meaning that he's the worst. And he's been the worst. Baker and Sam are in trouble. Dangerously in trouble. But on the flip side of this, dudes that almost became made men on Sunday or on Monday. Cam Newton. I really liked what I saw out of Cam. Who does he play next week? Or technically this week? Who does he play? Please be a good team so that way I can evaluate him. Oh, he's playing Seattle. Oh, that's a beauty. Depending on how good Seattle and New England plays, depending on how good Cam plays, Cam may slide into being my made man. Another made man. Because I feel like Cam Newton played absolutely phenomenally today. Or technically Sunday. I feel like he made the proper decisions. I feel like... And, and the score was closer than it actually was. Really, Patriots, they, sh they probably should have scored 27 points. Somewhere close to 30 against the Dolphins. They were fantastic with Cam. And their defense swarmed. But Cam could be one of my made men. I felt like he was good if not great, on Sunday. But I want to see another game against a quality team. He's going to get that quality team in Seattle on Sunday. Another guy that I felt played very, very well on Sunday was Drew Locke. Not Sunday, but on Monday. I was very surprised at his ability to make plays. And I said, I said during the Daniel Jones game, I was like, essentially playing quarterback is just making smart decisions. I feel like Daniel Jones made smart decisions and executed well against the Steelers. I felt like Drew Locke didn't execute as well against the Titans as uh, Daniel Jones did against the Steelers. But he still executed well. He had some smart decisions and kind of some bonehead decisions. But for the most part, I liked what I saw out of Drew Locke. He almost became my made man. Gardner Minshew almost became my made man as well. I want to see more of Gardner Minshew. But I kind of said it. When I was talking about the Colts versus the Jags, I was like, the Colts, not the Colts, the Jags, if they're tanking, they need to give Gardner Minshew a shot. Do not draft Trevor Lawrence. Draft Jamar Chase. You're probably going to draft somewhere in the top 10, top 5, maybe top 15. If he is there when you are picking, get him. Get him a wide receiver. I think Gardner Minshew is starting to earn that job. I don't think he's a backup. He is starting to earn the starting job as you have taken away his, his star running back, as you have taken away primary playmakers on defense, as you have taken away Jalen Ramsey, Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe. You've released Leonard Fournette. Give him somebody that can make plays. Get him Jamar Chase. I don't know where all of your money is going, but it's not going to your players that you're trying to resign. So 
get somebody in free agency, maybe an offensive lineman, maybe another running back. You probably could have, if you want my my honest opinion about it, probably could have gotten Adrian Peterson. He seemed pretty damn good against the, um, the Bears on Sunday. Could have probably gotten, oh, I was about to say Leonard Fournette, but then I was like, wait a second, you guys released him. Smart decision. What are you doing? Quarterback can compete. You had the roster. You gave it away. You got picks. Now get him picks. Get him players. Because he's a good quarterback. Final guy that almost made my made man list, and I have a feeling he will make it on Thursday, Joe Burrow. Again, down 13 to 16, final drive of the ball game. Joe Burrow throws a beautiful touchdown pass to A.J. Green back of the end zone. It's called offensive pass interference. He sets up shop, chip shot, by the way, for his field goal kicker, and he just shanks it to the right, losing the game for the Bengals against a very, very talented Chargers team. And Joe Burrow, in his regular season debut, almost wins the foot. Almost wins the first football game of his career against a very great Chargers team in a as a in a in a freaking depleted Cincinnati Bengals team. I don't know who their offensive linemen are. I can't wait to watch him on Thursday play up against Baker. I can't wait to see what Baker Mayfield is going to do. This is one of those games that I'm kind of thinking more with my heart than with my head because my head would say Baker, Odell, Jarvis, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Kevin Stefanski, that offensive line. It's better than Joe Burrow, but I like Joe Burrow a lot and I am starting to sell my stock on Baker Mayfield to such a huge degree that I am... I'm getting annoyed with his progressive commercials. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm like, dude, you aren't winning football games. Those are my made men. After week one. I'll be doing that weekly. That was fun. What else do I have? What else do I have for you? Oh, yeah. Hold on. Let me talk about one more thing about the Cowboys. Then I'll peace out. So, Blake Jarwin goes down with a torn ACL injury. Goes down. Is out for the season. Dalton Schultz is the next guy up. Blake Bell is the next guy up after Dalton Schultz. Dallas comes out and says, we're going to replace them internally. We're not going to go out and get more football players. I'm stealing this idea from Jeff Cavanaugh. I'm going to say it. Stealing this idea from Jeff Cavanaugh. Pretty smart. Pretty smart guy. Cowboys, uh, not even Cowboys, really. He is a um, radio host, 105.3 The Fam, Dallas, Texas. Smart guy, understands a lot about football and about sports. Talked about it today on his YouTube channel. 
talked about it and he said, I think that Dallas should not, shouldn't utilize the tight end position the way that people are thinking they should. I think that they should take Tony Pollard and use him a lot more in the passing game on the football field. And ladies and gentlemen, I cannot agree with you more. Agree with him more. Listen, um, if you need pass protection, if you need a dude to go out there and catch passes, you have you have both Zeke and Tony in the backfield, and you use them both while also having CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper on the football field. You use them both in pass protection on top of the tight end, and now you essentially are going to load up the box. You're probably going to get one-on-one coverage with those two, with those three guys, and guess what? Easy pickings for the Dallas Cowboys. Easy pickings. Easy money. That's what I would do if I was the head coach. I would also fucking throw the football a lot more. But Atlanta's coming up shortly. Browns are coming up shortly versus the Bengals. I will not be back on Wednesday. I should have probably mentioned that. Let me sit my ass back down. I've been standing up for like 40 minutes, screaming my head off. Let me sit my ass back down. All these great games are coming up in the next couple of days. We're going to end this week with Sunday Night Football. Patriots versus Seahawks. Cam going up against Seattle. Fantastic football team. I, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Hold on. Fuck, my computer audio is muted. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. If you like this podcast, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify. Anywhere where you can find any podcast, you can find my podcast, 24's Podcast. I'll be back on Thursday, taking a break on Wednesday. Until then, to cast the Bengals, the Browns, I hope you have a fantastic day. And I will see you next time. Bye-bye.